Hi everyone, welcome to Borderless Sustainability, where we explore the diverse relationship between people, planet, and profit, discover how language, geography, and culture impact sustainability, and ultimately aim to create change through knowledge. My name is Miguel Fraga. And my name is Elisa Rivera. In today's episode, we will have a conversation with Sara Ponce de Leon, an advocate for building sustainable smart cities. Throughout our discussion, we talk about what defines a smart city, the difference between countries who currently have some smart city initiatives, and the implications of open data when it comes to public involvement in smart cities. Sara is part of the Texas Department of Transportation Bridge Division in Austin, Texas, and has four years of experience in transportation engineering, two years of experience in smart city development, and one year of experience in data analysis. She has recently been to two other countries to research sustainability and what it means in different geographic locations. Sara obtained her Bachelor's of Science in Civil Engineering from the University of Texas at El Paso and was part of the ASTM standard review with the U.S. Department of Transportation during her undergraduate studies. She found her passion for helping the community through sustainability with rain harvesting projects and is now convinced that the ultimate way to increase quality of life everywhere is through the growth of smart cities. Sara recently completed a half-term with AmeriCorps, partnering with Casa Verde Builders to build green home repair projects in the Austin community. Hi, Sarah. It's great that we finally get to talk to you and have a conversation about smart cities with you. Um, I know, I mean, me personally, you're one of my really great friends. Um, and so I know that like, this is a great opportunity for not just me, but Miguel as well, because we're all We, we know each other well from the past. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we're very excited to have you today. Um, and to kickstart this conversation, I'm going to go ahead and straight up ask you, you know, a very general question. Uh, but w I'm curious, what drew your interest in sustainability? So that's a great question. And I would ask you guys not to laugh, but I know you guys are going to laugh. Uh, the very first thing that like ever kind of spoke to me about sustainability or even like smart cities was Wally. -E. Have you guys ever watched that movie? Yeah, of course. Yes. <laughs> so like it was like scary to see what technology could do, and I was like, they murdered all the plants and they had to leave. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't want that to happen. I was like, how can we make that not happen? Yeah. So yeah. For real, like that, that started it. And I mean, I was young. Um, I feel that, I don't know if you guys can agree with me, but growing up in a Mexican household, we kind of reuse stuff. You know, the whole reduce, reuse, recycle, like we were kind of doing that before it was a thing. <laughs> so I've always liked that. And one of the biggest um, exposures that I had at one point was when I started college And I went to Washington, D.C. for a minute, and we went to the headquarters for Peace Corps. And to me, I started to see the environmental part of it and, like, how people help and, you know, how it can get better. But I really do believe that when I understood what sustainability was and how we can make goals and how we could even go about a smart city, um, it was when we wanted to be uh, an organization of engineering students, but not only for engineers. We kind of dabbled a few options and we ended up being engineers for a sustainable world. You know, like I think it's so awesome and it's so cool to have uh, the gang back together a little bit. 
And I feel like that's what really kind of solidified in what I knew about sustainability. And I think it's so funny that you brought up that of a Mexican household because I can relate with reusing everything. <laughs> and I, I remember when I was younger, I would think like, oh, that's so ridiculous or useless or why would you do that? Just buy a Tupperware because I would like all of us would get that surprise when we go to the fridge, we're looking for ice cream or we're looking for yogurt. And what do you find inside of those Tupperwares? You find frijoles. <laughs> you or always salsa. <laughs> or salsa. You always find leftover, which is good. That's the sustainable way. And I, I remember I had that, I think it was today or yesterday, because everything now gets packaged in such beautiful like glass jars or like aluminum containers. And I'm like, this is such a good jar. I shouldn't throw it away. And I'm like, yeah. am, I, am I turning into Latino dad now? Like, am I a senor now? Like, why am I thinking like, this is such a good box. I don't know what to do yeah. with this box, but it's such a good box. But yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting how sustainability was very um, seated in our Latino or our like, Hispanic heritage. Yeah, I feel like it made it a little easier, right? Mm -hmm. For sure. Definitely, definitely. We've been doing it all along. We just haven't really noticed it. We just have we'll to embrace it. To it. Yeah. <laughs> embrace it a little bit more. Definitely. Absolutely. Well, okay. So now going to the, the top that we were talking or that where we're here for today, it's on smart cities. And that's something that I've only learned because of you. All the information that I know about smart cities is because of you. So that I haven't really researched a lot about that. I haven't worked on it. It's just, yeah. for me, such a vague term that in my mind, you, I, I hear the word or the phrase when someone says, let's make a smart city or what about smart cities in the future? My first thought, it's always that utopic city that we always see on those sci-fi movies of cars mm -hmm. flying and like 3D holograms and people wearing this fantasy suit. So that's so confusing right now, but I think we should just get started about if you can tell us more or what you've learned or what have you experienced on what an, or what's the definition of a smart city. Yeah, definitely. So there are quite a good amount of definitions for a smart city. But one of the things that I've liked, and this actually comes up in the business dictionary, it says a smart city is a developed urban area that creates sustainable economic development and a high quality of life by excelling in multiple key areas like economy, mobility, environment, people, living, and government. So there's a lot of different characteristics to a smart city. It's not just like your back to the future concept, right? Because <laughs> I feel that sometimes we're not ready for the technology and that's like, that's not something that's necessarily bad, but what we are ready for, we should be pushing, right? Like the sustainable aspect, maybe not like the technologically advanced, Um, or not for everybody, right? Or maybe not for certain cities because some places just don't have all the resources for that to happen. But there are different characteristics that we can work on everywhere, anywhere. Definitely. So, so what specifically makes a city smart? Like, how can we say, like, how can I say, like, I live in the smart city? Is it because it's that vague or is just technology? Like, what's that specific thing? Or there's no thing. It's such a big gray zone. Definitely. So I feel like we can work to become a smart city, but definitely once it becomes a smart city, it's because all the multiple areas or the multiple characteristics are working towards like something better. So per se, if, um, you know, like when I said the characteristics, I never said technology, right? I said mobility, mm -hmm. I said environment, uh, living, 
right so sometimes you know some people's living is really cool because they said just say alexa turn off the lights <laughs> right <laughs> but then there's other places where it's just as hey let's remember that when there's sunlight outside let's turn off lights you know mm. or when we don't need something let's do something else so it's just really um being kind of aware of all of it so when your city is providing you with every single um I don't know, like when they're reminding you on how to have a benefit for all of these areas, that is when we can consider that smart city developing. You just reminded me of something. Back in 2015, I had the opportunity of um, doing a, an internship in Ghana, West Africa. Mm-hmm. And now that you mentioned that, I remember it was so interesting for me that after 6 p.m. every day, the whole city where while I was staying um, in the in the main scene in Accra, it was shut down. Like the lights were off, like public lighting was not on. And I thought it was so interesting, not interesting in a good way. Like, oh, I'm curious. I'm like, but why? Different. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. of course, yeah, of course it's different. I'm like, why, why does that happen? I mean, the first thing that come to mind was like, what about security? I mean, what about everything? Like, what about if you have in your home something that's depends on that and and everyone was telling me that's because of a bad infrastructure in the government in that city and that it was so common for everyone to have their own power generators at home hospitals only relied on power generators basically because they cannot rely on the electric supply and i don't know you just you just reminded me of that because a lot of people were dependent of sunlight and they were very environmentally conscious probably not because of choice but I thought it was a very, very interesting about, yeah, about that aspect of someone else's life. And, and I know there was a, lot, a group of people that went um, at the same time I was there working a different project and they were trying to fix that and help them get, go more towards solar. And we went to some homes that were doing solar. But yeah, I don't go for tangent, but you just remind me of that. <laughs> and I think that's very nice that you say, let us know or like, give us hope that every city can be a smart city, regardless of the resources and all of that. But yeah, I think we should talk more about what smart city, I think we still are um, unwrapping what a smart city is, right? I think there's there's more things to, to know. Yeah, and I feel like it also touches, because a lot of people want to talk about smart cities, but like for me, when we talk about sustainability, there's so many different things, right? And I feel like mm-hmm. y'all have this a platform for that same reason, because sustainability is everywhere. Like in anything that you're doing, we can be sustainable about it. Same thing with the city. There's so many different kinds of things that we can have in a city, like functioning or not. You know, it could be as simple as under, like making sure we're planting the right plants, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also if we have the ability to uh, move on with technology, we should, because technology is not bad, even though Wally kind of scared me for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nothing bad. We just need to use it alongside our intelligence, not instead of, right? So, but like for me, I'm, I'm really excited about what technology can do. And um, I did a few programs uh, when I was in college and I uh, studied abroad in Mexico and I went to Prague. Um, and I even did some things um, there in El Paso and in, in, in UTEP. So for me, it was just kind of how different some places need it. And that's when I started to understand it's not about 
just having open data. It's not about just having, um, I don't know, like the best infrastructure, the best city, like the perfect city when it comes to, you know, myself that I did civil engineering, you know, and like to me, the perfect city would, you know, have, I don't know, skyscrapers, but it would also have this, the best rain harvesting systems and the best sewage lines and things like that, you know, but it just depends where we are and what people need there. Definitely. And so you have a vague amount, you know, just so much experience in different areas. I wanted to ask you, can you tell us like the difference between the countries um, that you visited and participated uh, in internships and other educational experiences? You know, like you mentioned Mexico um, and Mm -hmm. in other places, how does it compare to the U.S.? Um, And then what impressed you the most uh, from both places? Or what, what made you feel like this is something I want to continue doing throughout my career? Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I feel like that's why I just loved what I what I started to be exposed to, right? So I was in Mexico, specifically in Guadalajara, uh, twice. And um, they actually have a growing smart city concept overall. But one of the things that I saw um, there in Guadalajara... And what Mexico could work on is, it was mostly like communication, right? Um, It was like, there's, for big cities that are developed like Guadalajara, they had some flooding issues in certain parts of the city. um, And they were like, how can we make this better? You know, and we obviously couldn't say like, hey, we need to tear the city down and start all over again. Um, So it was mostly about how can we communicate? How can we go around this? Because that's the only thing we're going to be able to do for mobility right now in the city, right? So that's like one of the biggest characteristics, like how can we make smart mobility? You know, so instead of saying, hey, we're going to make a street that talks to you, we're going to say, hey, we're going to talk amongst each other through an app, uh, through any means of communication we have so that we can kind of work through the city and work with the city. Um, so it was mostly about resources and communication um, in Mexico. In Prague, when I was over there, they really pushed the technological advancement. Advancement, sorry. Um, and it's mostly like um, open data. They wanted to make um, like smart benches on parks. They really wanted to push like the technology. And to me, it was so cool because I feel like some places, like in Mexico, they're not ready for that. They, they don't have, you know, like as a community of people, they don't have the right mindset of, hey, this is supposed to benefit us. But I feel like Europe pushes that a lot. They've like, at least in the Czech Republic and the capital in Prague, they mostly collaborate to make their environment better. So with smart benches or a smart city, and that's why they pushed open data a lot. And to me, that was a little bit more of up in the cloud, right? And I was like, huh, like they actually don't wanna better their city. <laughs> they wanna better um, their information, like along those lines. And I was like, okay. And the US, um, I did see a lot of, the US has had this for a while now, is inclusion. So like if things are ADD accessible, um, you know, we, we started to push that a whole lot more. Uh, like when you uh, go through a pedestrian walk from a street light, it doesn't only flash at you, now it talks at you, right? So if people can't see, they can at least hear 
or the other way around, right? They're trying to make sure they've made, they're making things as inclusive as possible um, because that's what they're focused on, which is great. And it's within mobility, within like, like just living right and they kind of make it a legal thing so they bring in the government it's like we need to be smart we need to be inclusive um but overall i feel like the u.s just depending on where you are in the regions um like bigger cities are pushing more technology smaller cities are probably pushing communication well so i i think it's crazy right like them how different these these experiences have been um and what smart cities means for different countries. I was interested yeah. in, in asking you just a follow-up question. You mentioned open data in Prague. How does that work exactly? Yeah, so open data um, is this concept that actually Europe wants to have overall, but it's just um, kind of the government wanting to be transparent or not even just the government, just any company that's working on anything for the city, anything like that. So I mentioned the cloud, right? So, you know, we all use Google Drive. We all use like now everything's going through the, the internet, especially with the pandemic. Um, but it's mostly to say, hey, we're being transparent and you can have all the information you want, you know? And I think it's kind of crazy because kind of the U.S. isn't there, right? Like some cities here in the U.S. are not really willing to. Um, but in Europe, they want to be as transparent as possible. And they're like, hey, you want this information? Sure. We want to change this in some schools so you can have at it. You can look at our, you know, um, what the city is doing for this, or do you want to know more information on why, you know, our streetlights change from one to another and how the idea came about? Like every single detail of anything, That's awesome. they want it to be like public, which I think is really cool. But at the same time, depending on where and what, and I feel like this is like the Mexican-American kicking in me, like, we don't know who needs that or doesn't, <laughs> you know, like, but I think it's so cool that it's just like, you know, here it is. Like, if you want to look for it, it's going to be there. And I really, I, I love what I'm hearing. <laughs> I really love what I'm hearing because one of one, the main thing that I'm listening or like I'm getting from this, Sara, is that a smart city is for everyone and that it's, based on the needs of the people because like I, I I don't know I was just like singling my mind like yes when you were talking about the inclusion in the U.S. especially for the individuals with disabilities because that's such a big problem right now but thinking about it that's a problem that we have even even it's different in different cities in the U.S. but that's 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 not necessarily the number one problem in I don't know, in Australia or in a European country because their community has different needs. And that's a very important aspect of sustainability. It's asking the community and like learning what they really want. Right now it's a big focus on, on inclusion here in the US, but there's other places they don't even have access to water. They don't have access to sanitation. Some of them, they don't even have access to public transportation. They rely on other methods. And I love how what I'm getting is that every every city can be smart in their own way. And I don't know, that's just like, <laughs> brings me hope thinking of all of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And to me, I really like, even though, you know, Alexa's a thing now, I don't want that. You mm -hmm. know, I feel like I don't need it, but some people are like, you know, it's so cool, like, why not? Which is fine. You know, but like you said, I feel, I remember um, when we worked, we all worked in engineers for sustainable world, but 
for me, Project Water Matters was my baby, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, we worked on making a rain harvesting system for people that needed it. You know, like some people don't need it. People needed it because they were hauling water from just one source in the city. And these were people that were getting older and older and older. And we were like, let's do something about it. And I remember that we halved, you know, we halved their time. We halved their efforts by making these systems for them. And to me, that was just so crazy because, you know, when you walk into college and you realize how big campus is and how small you are and how much you don't know, you're not too sure how much of an impact you're going to make. You're not too sure how much of a voice you have. But I was very fortunate to be working with, you know, all of y'all and other people in the community and other professors and just everybody that was there to help us. And we saw the impact, you know, not just with Project Water Matters, which was really cool to me because it was there, you know, still within Texas. But then, you know, when uh, we got to do that project in the Philippines or Puerto Rico, it was so crazy to me. I'm like, you know, to think that at one point I felt like us little students from El Paso, Texas, you know, like, what are we going to but there's so much, there's so much that we can do and just putting that sustainable aspect and pushing it because some people don't even know they're being sustainable and they are, you know, or some people think they're not being green enough and don't worry about it. Like, do you know about it? Push it, you know, or not knowing that, you know, helping or, or like, I don't know. Now I notice a lot of when something is, is ADA accessible or not. Like when you go into an old, um, building and you're like there's no elevators here like why like what if somebody in a wheelchair wants to like you know come in here there's little things like that and and I love that like I'm not the only one that picks up on it like we get so used to elevators or you know not being able to park in the very few parking spots in anywhere because it's for handicapped or things like that um and then when there isn't we think about it like there should be one right here so I feel like we're more aware than we think, right? Right, absolutely agree with you. And now that we know that that's so diverse that what makes a, a city a smart or what encompasses being a smart city, what do you think it's the first step a city needs to make into the path of becoming a smart city? Like I said, like you said earlier for that, it's not only about like completely rebuilding the city because in my, before this, my thought about smart cities is like basically rebuilding everything, which yeah. sounds very expensive and doesn't sound very feasible. So what's, what's the first step of become, to become a smart city? I think, um, and this is going to kind of come back um, and specifically for you too, Miguel, I think it's the envir- environmental aspect. So it's the living but it's the living and knowing that we're gonna have clean oxygen. You know, that we know, um, you know, when it comes to water, when it comes to just the quality of life on the health side. That's like the very first thing, environmental. Um, and I don't know, like for, like for me, I do transportation, right? Like I wanna look at bridges. I wanna look at how traffic's going, but that's not, the easiest, I feel like the pandemic showed us that it's our health. Mm-hmm. So it's making sure that we understand all the environmental part, that our water is being treated correctly, that we have enough plants in certain places. Like it's proven that it helps our mental health and it, it helps people. And if people are good, they work together and everything else goes. But I feel that it is that 
environmental and then probably you know between people living and um but environment and like the environment we're living in specifically like on the ones that affect our health <laughs> which I mean I feel like everything can still go hand in hand like right our carbon footprint um just or the construction that we're having and the noise pollution and which sometimes it's necessary you know in the long run it'll be better but I definitely feel that it's people so people the way we help the way like we need to make sure with our health we don't like that that's set right once we know that that's mostly set and everything we have around us isn't affecting that anymore or like the one that is making the most impact for our health and then and, from there, if that makes sense <laughs> yeah and I love that I completely agree with you because <clears throat> even us we can get very excited about projects like this we can see we can think like oh yeah let's make an app for this let's make all cars in the city like electric cars let's just make everything but at the end of the day just like you said the environment is the last thing because the environment has been here before technology is yeah. here right now and will be here after and that's something that we really need to take into consideration especially when we're making these ideas because something that, that struck me i don't know i don't remember when i where i read this or someone told me but it's like cars do not pay taxes people pay mm -hmm. taxes And this case would be like, regardless, technology does not pay taxes. People pay taxes. A smart city is not a city without its people. There's no city without people. And at the end of the day, that's that's exciting. So you leave me so hopeful, Sara. I, 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 I love this. I, I love talking about smart cities. I know there's way more to talk about smart cities because we've, we only cover like pieces of three smart cities that you've had the wonderful opportunity to work with those but I know and this is an ongoing thing which is yeah. so cool just like sustainability right everything is still ongoing and I'm just so happy to continue learning more about this and of course following up with you because as, as far as I know and I think Elisa you can agree with me like my source of information when it comes to smart cities is Sara <laughs> So yeah, thank you so much, Sada, for so being like, that go-to person. What else do I need to know? <laughs> Tell me what <laughs> else I need to know. Definitely. And I feel like it's just the concept that, you know, some people have been afraid of the word smart. You know, smart cars, autonomous driving, or a smart city, or a smart home. Like, I want to I wanna have a smart home. But like I said, I don't want to have Alexa. So how does that even make sense? Right? <laughs> But it's Absolutely. having, you know, it's it's being able to have your little garden. It's being able to be using your water as much as you can use it. There's just so many different things that, that we can go about when it comes to a smart city. Because there's, or even we could go about like, hey, what about like your living area? Or how should I, I actually think I was hearing this on NPR at one point. And they were talking about if women would have um, designed cities. And it is so great. And I was just like how you were, Miguel. I was like, yes. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> because it was just so smart. It was having like houses around like a park and then having no cars go through the park and having the houses around and then having streaks of like um, shops 
So like things would be fairly accessible and you wouldn't need a car unless you had to travel to another city and so on and so forth. So if, if y'all want to look into that too, it was super, super interesting. So um, in, in your current workplace, I'm not sure if, well, we did mention that in the introduction. I wanted to ask you, what is something that currently just impresses you about smart cities that you didn't know before? Something recent that you can think of? Um, I just think uh, what impresses me the most right now is we get a lot of information. Like we're not, I feel like some people think the U.S. is, you know, still in the 50s for certain things or, you know, we don't know where we are or, or like I said, we have to start from zero. We have, like, we have done things. There's a sturdy infrastructure for specific things and we're getting that information on a daily basis, you know, and we, we can tackle, you know, we, we see maintenance and how sometimes things don't need it. You know, I feel uh, that it's so funny because I don't know if you all have ever followed like TED Talks or anything or, you know, the best tips, you know, millionaires could give you or things like that. And it's usually like, wear it till you can wear it. Use it till you can use it. Like, does your iPhone 7 still work? Use it. Use it till it doesn't. You know, till it doesn't try to like, till the battery runs out, till there's something bad with it. Use those shoes till you know, the soul's out, things like that. So there's certain things that we don't have to move with. Like, we're good. We have certain things that are fine. Let's tackle where we need it, right? Because everybody would want, you know, hey, from right here, hey, Tesla, turn on, <laughs> the heater on, <laughs> things like that, right? Um, and I mean, I'm sure we can do with other cars, they turn on by like the click of a button, which is super cool, but it's not, needed um and then in some places it's like why not let's push technology let's push innovation let's push this because we don't know we didn't know phones could be this small till somebody tried to push it right so we i feel like we're at a place where we can find balance um of like hey we're in a good spot at least the u.s is in a good spot to push or to say hey you know what we're not deteriorating like we're fine let's take this step by step so for me, I think it's so cool that we have the data, we have the information and we're all right. You know, in, in certain aspects, we're okay. At least for me that I'm looking at the Department of Transportation. Like there's certain things that are good and there's certain things that like they're under construction and they're gonna take a few years, but we're getting there. And it's so exciting to say, you know, at least we started. You know, they always say like the, the hardest things to start. So I'm super excited being here in Austin there's new projects, there's new things. And, you know, you think, hey, Austin's already like a city city, you know, but there's still things that we're moving, we're pushing. There's more technology that could be pushed in here. There's more, you know, probably environmental things that we can do here too. What I love here are the state parks. There's, there's a good amount of state parks there. There's just a lot more green here than back in El Paso, but there's just so much things that we can do, but it's also, we're in a really good spot right, to either push that or to be in for a little bit. We don't have to give ourselves a hard time about, we don't have enough, we're not doing it, it's okay. Because it's like Miguel mentioned, there's other places that don't have water or good quality water, right? The, you know, they have to go to places or they don't have electricity or they have to turn off lights at six because 
the electricity is not going to run the whole day and the, the city's not generating enough electricity. Right. So like the good thing is that we're not, we're not there anymore. Maybe at one point, you know, um, when we were developing, that was the case, but now we're at a really good point to keep on pushing innovation, but we're not falling apart. Yeah, sir. And um, something that I, I guess I wanted to say to you is like, I've always, I remember hearing you as a student, you know, talk about how you, this is kind of like your dream, your dream job to be what you're doing now. So it's awesome to hear that you're, you're actually doing it. And like, you're, you're out here get, gaining more experience, gaining more knowledge, and you're sharing it with all of us, which we definitely appreciate. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, as a young engineer yourself, what advice would you give to other students that are planning to pursue a career just like yours? Definitely. So I would say make it soup as narrow as possible. Um, the concept of smart cities is still unraveling, um, you know, because I worked with a lot of computer scientists when I was doing programs abroad because people were like, oh, if you can't code, there's no way that we're going to do this. But that wasn't the case. They needed my point of view with transportation. Right. Um, so it's just like be patient um, because there's just so much, so much to look into, make it as narrow as possible and look in between the lines. I know that usually we say read between the lines, but look in between the lines because I always said, hey, I wanna work in DC. I don't wanna work in Texas, but that's not the way it works. It's baby steps. It's little things here and there that we need to find out. Um, I at one point wanna be working with policy and that has nothing to do with building things, right? Um, but it's building, the rules or it's building what people read in order to build. Um, so just the, the patience. I know that I would always laugh as an undergrad because when I had barely started to take, you know, at least some of the engineering courses and people were like, oh, it'll get worse. And I thought it was so rude, <laughs> you know, like, what do you mean? But it does get harder. And it gets harder and it gets harder. And I remember I thought about changing my major two to three different times, but I always remembered why, like what I was being, like what I was pushing for, you know, and that I was on the right track. And every single time I interned or I went abroad, it got me excited. I'm like, I'm doing this and, and I'm on the right track. And I love this, you know, because some people go to an internship and they're like, nope, don't want to do this. And that's fine. You know, at least they figure it out. But I was so excited. And I was so excited to find something so specific and me to think that back is a senior in high school. I didn't know what engineering was. And now I can't picture my life out of engineering. Right. And it's been, you know, a good amount of years. Um, but I think it's so cool. So I just have to tell people, students that are like just out there saying, hey, yeah, I want to do something like that. Whatever it is that your major is, because just smart cities have has so many different branches to it. You don't even have to be an engineer. Like you just want to work off of, you know, what we can do in the medical industry or what we can do in the government. Like there's so many different ways that we can go about this, um, but be patient. And at this point, I feel like specifically within the U.S., it's been very hard to change certain things. It's been very, very hard to really like push a concept and like have it go through. So look in between the lines where can we start by like the smallest things, you know, where, where is it technically not, but it can get there kind of deal. Right. So yeah. Patience is a <laughs> Sounds like a cute <laughs> and then all of us have to develop, <laughs> For sure. 
Wow. Completely agree with you, Sarah. I couldn't agree more with you on that. The patience, the patience. I, you said you wanted to change your major like a couple of times. Like I can completely relate with that. <laughs> like I, in my mind, I switched to metallurgical, I switched to civil, I switched to mechanical, I switched to non-engineering majors. Yeah, it's 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 about the path, not about the end. So I I, I love the path. Anyways. So we're running out of time and we really appreciate your, your time with us, Sara. I know you're a very busy person. You're an engineer and you're working in smart cities. And I've always admired your, your resilient, your perspectives. You always give me like a very positive attitude whenever we talk to, about something. You, I don't know. You're <laughs> such an inspiration for me. And I know you, you've know, you know a lot. And but before we say goodbye to you, and I want I want to squeeze more knowledge out of you, and of course, like to be in to be more uh, for long term for everyone. And I want to know, like, what sustainability related books would you recommend to me, Elisa, and our listeners? Like, what's a book or a couple of books, whatever you you feel more comfortable, would you recommend? Definitely. So specifically into sustainability, I really like Cradle to Cradle, Remaking the Way We Make Things uh, by William McDonough and Michael Brongart, I believe. And when it comes to smart cities, this one, I just even love the title. It's called The Smart Enough City by Ben Green. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Sara. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're such thank a you wonderful person. Me. Yeah, no, anytime, no problem. And we'll be, we'll continue to be in touch. Your experience is so valuable. Your, um, I don't know, you're just such a wonderful person. I, I, I really, admi- <laughs> I really admire you, Sara. Thank you, thank you. Maybe I could be back for a Spanish episode. That would be great. Thank you so much for the conversation, <laughs> Sara. It was great. Thank you. Yeah, that would be so awesome. Well, thank you so much. Happy New Year, guys. <laughs> At the end, let's see what this year holds for everyone, right? Let's put sustainability. Likewise, likewise. Okay, well, thank you so much and have a wonderful day and we'll, we'll keep in touch. Bye. Bye-bye.